Hello, hello, and hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back for another episode. If not now, when? And today I have such an honor to introduce you my special guest, Lumi the Paz. And guys, she is so incredible. Let me tell you why. She is the living example of a successful American dream. She actually moved from Romania twenty years ago. The day she arrived in O'Hare Airport, she got two suitcases and nothing. She does not speak English. She does not have college degree. She has no computer skills whatsoever. All she has is a fire in her heart to build a life that she is proud of. So what she did is she started from the bottom. She worked as a clean lady, got a minimum wage for two years, and then with determination, she got her real estate license after taught herself English by carrying around a dictionary. Ah,、uh, like most people in two thousand eight, she suffered from major losses during you know those hard time, and then as a single mom, she had to rebuild. Her entire wealth with all the lessons that she learned. Today, she's not only focused on real estate investment. She also is so passionate about sharing all her insight, her lessons to empower anyone, any individuals to achieve their financial success just like she did. In 2011, Chicago Associates of Realtor named her. As a top number one, top one percent of Chicago brokers, she also won the Quality Service Award for fifteen years straight. Wow! With that, guys, I am so beyond excited to introduce Lumi to hear her story behind the scene, the all the up, the down, the everything in between. And thank you so much, Lumi, for joining us. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Wen. I'm excited to be here. It's、uh, it's such an honor. So thank you for inviting me. I、uh, can't wait to to talk to you and share more. I love that. So Lumi,、uh, bring us back. Tell us a little bit about how does all that come? How does all that begin? That's incredible journey that you have took for the past twenty something years. So、uh, interestingly enough, I、uh, grew up in a Former communist country.、Uh, I, I feel like I'm、uh, going back to a similar past, like as yours, right? Growing in a small、uh, city and、uh, mostly in the villages with my、uh, grandparents, and、uh, growing up into a country that was walled off,、uh, where you couldn't travel, you couldn't find out news or what was happening in the world.、Mm-hmm. Um, we had a very small world, so we were.、Uh, everything was word of mouth. Everything、uh, was learned from books. So、mm-hmm. I feel like I was. Yeah, so I feel like I was very lucky to、uh, to have huge libraries around around me. My family owned a lot of books,、uh, both my parents, my aunts, my grandparents. So I grew up reading, and I feel that I discovered the world through through books. I discovered the、um, the geographic atlases, the pictures, the encyclopedia. We call it. It was a one hour TV show.、Um, During the communism, where you could see once a week、uh, places from the world, and、mm. I remember seeing Africa, China,、uh, you know, 
well, any other country besides the USA. Let's, let's just put it this way. We were not shown anything that uh, was a democratic country. We are usually shown other third world countries, but mm. beautiful nature. So I grew up wanting to see the world, uh, wanting to to be able to be free. Because when you grow up uh, kept quiet and kept into a place, not allowed to express yourself, to achieve what you wanted, to open up businesses, to travel, all you want is the opposite, correct? Like any yes. other kid. <laughs> yes, you want to push your limitations. You want to push your limits, your boundaries, and, and grow. Um, and I, thank you. And uh, one thing that I did, and I guess I did not know at that time, I was questioning the status quo, right? Why I can't do this? Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, I was always told, just be quiet. Don't don't make waves. Oh, my God. Um, Same here. Right, because... Yes. Right, because in the communists in our country, if you were too outspoken, you could you would be thrown in jail and tortured and considered uh, mm-hmm. that you're speaking against the, the dictator. So um, so that was my background. Uh, like I said, I still think that it was a great one because not having a lot of TV or anything to do, uh, anything to buy, right? No choice. Mm-hmm. What you do, you, you, had, you get time to reflect and you got time to read and spend time uh, mm-hmm. with other kids. So when you and, were so, uh, when you were so communication. young, yeah, when you were so young, don't really know much about the world and learning about the world right books how do you you say you decided to you want to see the world you want freedom but yet you don't know anything you don't know anyone you don't know how 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 do you are you absolutely so I, I think I, being a kid, right, is good because you don't understand what's uh, what's scary out in the world. You are young, you you are hopeful. I I, mm-hmm. I lived in a, a idyllic place, uh, in a highly touristic place. So we were traveling a lot through the country. Mm-hmm. My parents uh, showed me the the our country, which we have a gorgeous, gorgeous uh, country with all kind of form of relief from the sea to the mountains, even though it's small. Mm-hmm. So we plus a lot of history. Uh, our country goes thousands and thousands uh, back in the history. So we have castles, we have monasteries, wow. we have a lot to, uh, yes, to visit. So even though, again, I was not um, able to express myself or to see the rest of the world, I was able to travel through Romania mm-hmm. and to meet a lot of people through Romania. Because when you traveled, of course, you met people from other sides of the countries mm-hmm. and, um, and you realize that even though we didn't look the same or we didn't uh, speak exactly the same um, language because every area was a little bit different, Mm -hmm. we did have the same dreams. We loved the same things. We all wanted, you know, a peaceful life, Mm -hmm. loving each other, having, taking care of our family. So, um, so my, my goal, I guess I was not thinking of limitation. I was thinking how is possible to, to see the world. And Mm -hmm. then in 1989, um, we had, um, revolution the communism fell Mm -hmm. and the borders opened it was not easy though to to leave the country and it was not easy to come to united states so at that time i was considering just uh, you know just traveling i had my own business in romania i was not uh, really ready to leave the country forever i was just thinking that i would be a world traveler staying home Uh, however in uh, probably in about 1998 i met uh, my ex-husband and uh, he he lived in united states so I ended up in uh, March 2000 to, uh, to arrive in the United States. I did not speak the language. I left everything behind. So I came with 
like two suitcases and 200 bucks in my pocket, wow. right? I thought, I don't need to, I don't need anything. I'm going to America, the, the country of all possibilities, the country where the money grows in trees, right? We, <laughs> we thought everything is here. Wow. <laughs> you don't need anything. That, that is so, so great of you because at the moment, you don't know much about US just yet. You have a business yes. in your hometown, right? You love to travel. Like, Sunshine life is good, but yeah, leaving everything behind and go to a country that you don't know, even know the language, that is so that is so brave. Was that an easy decision when the moment come to you or you always knew that's your path? Great question. So again, I was always up to travel. I just was not thinking really to leave the country. So, um, but you know, love comes in the way. So, mm. so you follow it. And I thought, well, I'll go to United States. I'll visit it. Uh, if I don't like it, I'll go back. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, I, I, I kind of thought that uh, I will always go back. But then I arrived here. And while it was not exactly what I expected, because as I shared with you, I knew whatever I knew about United States was from movies and books. <laughs> um, you know, I expected them, like if you remember the, the series uh, Dallas, I expected all these people being dressed up beautifully <laughs> on the street, all hair done, all makeup. Right. Yes. And, Yes, nice cars, nice houses, because what I was seeing in the movies is was the gorgeous neighborhoods. Yes. So I, I, I can share even now, you know, I, I'll, I'll always remember the drive from the airports going to the uh, side streets of Chicago, oh going goodness. towards downtown. I was like, yeah. this is not America I know. <laughs> what is this? You know, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. This, this looks like a poor country. This, this doesn't look good. And um, uh, so, so that was, I guess, the first impression. And uh, <laughs> then slowly changed. It also was... Uh, I, I came on March 7th, March 17th, mm, which cold. is the Irish day, right? So everybody had green beads mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, funny hats. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what's going on with all these Americans? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, why did they look like this? And they're drunk on the streets. Mm-hmm. Something is wrong. But uh, <laughs> that, that's just a funny story, right? Yeah. I love, that's why, like, Irish day, it's my favorite. Patrick's day, it's one of my favorite holidays because uh, I just remember the, the first impression. That's beautiful. Uh, but that was not, like I said, exactly, like I always dreamed of traveling and living around the world, like, you know, temporary. Um, but then when I really discovered the United States, I discovered the people, I just start loving the country. Um, How long as, was that? As if, how do you transition from not loving the city, how you look, don't even know how to speak language, don't know the holiday, all that, to falling out with the country? Like, was it a hard journey or is it kind of easy for you? Mm-hmm. Great question. You know, it was not easy because I came from having a company, from having money, having a home, and that of a sudden I have nothing. I'm nobody. I can't even speak the language. I don't have a car. I have, I have a small apartment. Uh, you know, that I rent, and that's pretty pretty much it. And my ex husband didn't know a lot of people, so he was in construction, working long hours. Mm-hmm. So I was home alone, and I realized immediately that the first thing I need to do is uh, learn the language. Uh, also, you know how to turn on a computer, and uh, mm-hmm. that was my other my other thing. And the, the internet was really picking up. Um, mm-hmm. Yahoo was there. You could send emails. The phones were still extremely expensive. So I started uh, taking ESL classes in, in Chicago. So I, I went full-time to school, studying four days, four hours a day mm-hmm. uh, in school. And our teacher, I still remember, he said, you have to study at home three hours for every hour in school. Mm-hmm. That wow. means from morning to night, I was studying, right? And that worked. I, I mean, within six months, I was um, I was speaking pretty good English. Um and, and then, you know, I had my first baby and mm-hmm. things changed and um, our situation changed. I think it took me about, I think I went to visit my house, my country back and like in, within nine, seven, six, seven months mm-hmm. after I first came back mm-hmm. as we had a wedding back in Romania. And 
that's when I realized really the differences between the countries. Because, you know, when I came to United States, all I knew was Romania. And then out of a sudden, I see a different country. But when I went back in those six months, I got to visit downtown, to visit suburbs, mm-hmm. to visit the little towns, to see how you're treated in the stores, mm-hmm. how you're treated on the streets. And when I went back, I realized that everything looks smaller, older, different, that, um, I've changed, right? As you, you change with your environment mm-hmm. and uh, your expectations do change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people in my country were the people, most of them were closed off, right? They didn't get out of the country. They didn't understand mm-hmm. uh, being open, sh- sharing and um, learning from each other and being in inquiry and uh, being able to see the facades of a, of a story that you can have uh, everything, you know, it can have multiple ways of looking at. Mm-hmm. And, I remember looking at it and say, wow, th- this changed so much. And it was not a country change. It was me, right? In six wow, months. only six um, months. I, yes. I'm curious, you know, the first day you were so discouraging and not sure what to do and you had nothing. And that must be very hard to swallow. Yeah. How do you just very quickly say, you know what? God damn it. I'm going to go learn a language. I'm going to make it work. Like, do you always have that fire in you? Or you just like, how do you get inspired? How do you move out of that? disappointment and discourage and maybe frustration like you know that's a great question um well probably i i have to think about it right it's 20 years ago but what i think is first i was disappointed um because again what i found was not what i expected so there is a you need a little bit of adjustment. You mm-hmm. have to realize what works, what doesn't work. You don't even know what's going on. So mm-hmm. I think I, I remember going after a few days in downtown and going to John Hancock, which is yes. uh, at that time was uh, the third uh, tallest building in Chicago and going mm-hmm. to the, um, uh, the restaurant in top and seeing the city. And I was like, wow, this is actually beautiful. And mm-hmm. um, it was a completely different experience than having dinner in, in Greek town. And it was a completely different experience than the first day when I drove in town mm-hmm. and then going in the suburbs, seeing other cities, beautiful parks, mm-hmm. uh, the, the zoo. And, you know, it, it, it was yes. just, a, the, it was a different experience. So I think I, I had to take it all in, right? Mm-hmm. First, you just take in, you, you're trying to, make something out of what's going on mm-hmm. and you re- and I realized that I really left everything behind I realized you know I, I left everything to my family I cannot go back to say hey I want it back it doesn't work that way right I mean mm-hmm. I had pride I can't do that and then uh, I figured hey if I can make it in America in the country of all possibilities what else can I make it and mm-hmm. and 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 I start thinking like forward Right, there is no going back. I, I think I cut my ties. I burned my ships. Right when I said, wow. "This is it. I'm here. I'll have to actually, um, I'll have to get serious about being here." And it probably took me about a month to realize that, and to realize that you know, sure, I'm missing my family because that was the. I, I think the worst part of moving was mm-hmm. leaving behind everything you know, everyone you know, yes. your memories, right? Your your family, your the people, your neighbors, your mm-hmm. friends, uh, every your grandparents, everybody that you're spending time with every weekend, now mm-hmm. it's gone. And it's so far away that you can't just go to see them, I mean, more than once a year. And in mm-hmm. my first year, I didn't have enough money to go, you know, once a year or take off work, you know, weeks to be able to go. So mm-hmm. that that I think was the hardest realization to realize that, mm-hmm. Everything I know, everything I love is gone. Gone in the sense of I'll never be with you. Yeah. I'll spend time on, and again, at that time, you couldn't even stay on the phone too long or there was no video calls like today, right? Yeah. It, it was different. So the, the complete separation of them 
was tough, mm-hmm. was a little, was painful. And mm-hmm. then when you, when you live with that pain, you realize, well, if I did that, did I do it for nothing? Did I do it to just have an ordinary life? Or mm-hmm. am I going to do the best out of it? I'm going to see if I can actually go back and help them and help myself, right? Create mm-hmm. the, the dream life that I wanted, Get, you know, travel the world, give my kids a spectacular life. What, mm-hmm. what do I want? So I, I think that's how kind of how the transition works. And so, I start. So I, mm-hmm. I love that you always start thinking about what you want, even yes. though at the time you start with a cleaning lady, which is not the most, you know, fancy job out there and transition from where you were to that position. And you're able to think about what you truly want and focus on your goal instead of the current situation. That is very difficult, isn't it? How, how are you able to do that? When that's a great question. So you see that job, uh, it came from necessities. Something happened and out of a sudden I had no money for rent. Um, my income was, go- my ex-husband was gone and I, I had a little kid at six months old and I needed money immediately. So when you have no money, you can pay the rent. You look at the first job that you can take. So it was not a choice. It was by necessity. And you know what? I remember the first, the first few weeks crying and doing the job and it was long hours, 10 to 12 hours. And Mm -hmm. my baby was with, uh, with a babysitter. Right. So I didn't, couldn't really see my baby and working it and you, you work and you think, and I'm thinking, wow, Six a year ago, I, I well, a year and a half ago, I had six employees. I had a successful business. Mm-hmm. You know, I had my own car, my own apartment. I was doing spectacular. I had mm-hmm. friends. I had, you know, I had money. I was making twenty times the income of a, sal- a salary person mm-hmm. p- per month. I was making all this money, which were reinvested in the business at that time. But the thing is, you know, you you fell from. It was a pretty big fall, right? And out of a sudden, mm-hmm. I'm a cleaning lady that makes five, six bucks an hour and uh, working crazy hours and people don't even look at you because um, I, mm-hmm. I was going to these beautiful apartments downtown, uh, cleaning apartments with uh, the ladies that, I, that were going with me. And sometimes, you know, people will not even look at you. They think, you know, you are the cleaning lady. You are probably uneducated. You don't know what you're doing. You don't speak the language. I don't know what they were thinking, mm-hmm. but... It kind of motivated me, put a fire in my belly. I was like, I saw people wow. building their business, doing stuff. And I was like, wow, I can do that. I can give them advice in the businesses. Because I, I, in order to build my business, I felt too before in Romania. So that was my third. So I became so good at putting business together because I felt. So I guess I was very focus oriented. So as soon as I, first, of course, is again, it's you fell, you cry, you are upset. And then uh, I think I think I lost like 10 pounds in a week. Okay. When, when I started, I couldn't eat. I couldn't do anything. It's mentally uh-huh. you are down. But then you realize, wow, this is the worst that it can happen. And mm-hmm. this is not the life I want to offer my kids. And what's next step? How do I get out of here? How do I grow? So that, that again, motivates you. You think, how can I move on? And that's why I was so focused. Uh, so I start focusing on the results. And as soon as I focused on where I want to go and stop thinking of what I came from, things have changed. Because Beautiful. when I was thinking of what I, I came when, I was depressed, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I had money. I had a company. I had employees. I was treated like a queen. And out of a sudden, I'm the cleaning lady. It's a, it's a big difference, right? Mm-hmm. And the moment I stopped, I said, well, that's in the past. It's not coming back. It is what it is. Let's take the lesson. We'll move forward. As soon as I start looking forward and reading the books and understanding the real estate is the path I'm going to take, I start looking for a job in the real estate industry and I start applying. And it was hard to apply because you work six days a week as a cleaning lady. Mm-hmm. And I didn't work that long. I think it was all total like about three months. It mm-hmm. was not that long. But in those three months, 
I really, I feel like I got like 10 years older in, in, uh, mm. wis- or in the wisdom, right? Because you go through so many phases in your, in your head and you mature. You, you realize until now, I really had a good life. Sure, it was tough. I lost a couple of businesses. My previous partner ran away with half of my money. I thought that was bad. I thought, you know, people treating you in a certain way was bad. But now, being what I was, I realized there, there are worse things in life to happen to you. And, you know, just because I'm a cleaning lady, that doesn't put me on a, on a lower um, uh, position mm-hmm. com- compared to anyone because it's not your position that defines you. It's who you are that defines you. And... Oh. And, and realizing that, right, gave me power again. And it, mm-hmm. I, I took my power back. And, uh, and like I said, I started looking towards the future and then let, let the past go. And even though I, and I, I became even a better cleaning lady. This is an interesting thing. The lady <laughs> I was working for, I remember, she, said, she, know, she knew the moment because she sat me down and she said, you know, you, you don't put your whole heart in it. And I'm thinking, who the heck is going to put the whole heart into cleaning apartments, right? But then I realized, you know, if my employees in my previous business will not do their best when I pay them what we agreed on, I would have been happy. And from that moment on, everything changed. All of a sudden, I was taking initiative in the job, like I owned the company, right? Instead of being the cleaning lady, I treated the people in, the ladies with that were with me, like I really took charge. I was going farther. And that's, I guess, when everything changed, because when you feel like you have power, you can do things. When you feel unempowered, you, you can't do anything. You are mm. depressed. So so that helped me on multiple levels. I was doing the best possible job I was do- I could. And the same time, I put a word out because, again, I couldn't go to interviews. So whatever friends were calling me or I, or I would see on a Sunday, I would tell them, I'm looking for a, for a job, an office job. I want to work in a real estate environment. And somebody called me back and say, the pro- the property management company I work for, they're looking for a secretary. And I'm thinking, man, I don't even know what the secretary is. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, wow. I don't even know what that is. But I said, well, can I apply? So I applied. And they saw me. I was all enthusiastic. Again, I had no idea. asked me for a resume. I had no resume. I didn't know, even wow. know what the resume was, right? Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is 2000. I think this was in 2001, no, 2002, beginning of 2002. And I had no idea. So mm-hmm. I wrote something by hand and I went there and I told them about my company and I said, hey, I'll do the best job I could. If you put me at the front desk, I will, cl- like if I see that the office is not good, I'll clean that too. I don't know, mm-hmm. whatever you tell me that is my job, I'll do anything that I can to make mm-hmm. sure I'll do. And they look at me and I, I think they said that they interview like 20 people and they like they call somebody else in the office or like, Look at the enthusiasm of this lady. She, her English is not good, but she's happy. She wants to work here. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that's what it, it got me hired. And they wow. told me later, they said, Lumi, you are the worst. Your English was the worst. You, you couldn't, your spelling in the letters, whatever you wrote, your resume was worse. But when we saw your, your, how you were talking, how you mm-hmm. were promising, we believe you. We believe you. And we're like, well, We'll mm-hmm. hire her for for a trial for a month. Worst case scenario, you know, we'll, we'll let her go. Mm-hmm. And it, it turned out it worked out really well because, you know, I started learning the other positions in the company. I was always staying lo- later. I was always coming early because I was happy. Mm-hmm. You know, out of a sudden, I'm getting paid 10 bucks an hour. You know, that's a huge <laughs> pay, mm-hmm. up, pay mm-hmm. upgrade from six bucks. Right. And, and, and out of a sudden, you know, I'm dressing up nicely and I'm at the front desk. I'm so grateful to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. When like you were saying, like, we we're so grateful to be mm-hmm. able to be in a nice office and do whatever I could. And, and I still remember the, 
the, the somebody that I had to transfer to my boss, and the boss said, hire her, fire her. He, she didn't know how to spell John Smith, you know, something like that, like a very similar name. And mm-hmm. I was asking me, how do I spell Smith? <laughs> Can you spell it for me? I mean, it was crazy if mm-hmm. I think back. Those people were amazing to hire me. But that opened up doors for me. That opened up everything. And I, I told them right away, hey, I'm going to get my real estate license. And I don't think they believed that I could pass the exam. Mm. But oh, wow. I, yeah, right? Because you're like, look at how she speaks. I mean, she's great. She mm-hmm. wants it. Mm-hmm. But her language is not there. Mm-hmm. What they didn't know was that all my nights, all, all day long, I was reading. I was reading with a dictionary. Every word I didn't know, I was writing it down. Mm-hmm. I was creating sentences with them. I was applying everything I learned in the English school. Even today, I read minimum 30 days a week, 30, day, 30 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Even today, I look up words in the dictionary. Every day, I, I try to work, learn a new word. Wow. Because, you, you know, we are the sum total of what we learn, and the change is happening fast. So if we don't change faster than whatever changes around us, we, go, we are left behind. Mm-hmm. I mean... I, again, 20 years ago when I came here, there was no Google. That, mm-hmm. Or if it was, I don't remember it. I remember using Yahoo. <laughs> I, you know, Facebook, I remember MySpace. YouTube, again, I don't think it existed. Mm-hmm. Everything I was looking for articles online, I was buying books. There was mm-hmm. no e-books. Every, like the phone, I remember my first flip phone in 2002, and I was so happy. I remember mm-hmm. when I started texting, and look today what we are able to do. Mm-hmm. Look what you and me are doing. So for us as people, we have to upgrade. We have to upgrade our skills. We have to mm-hmm. upgrade our language. We have to learn to become the top at whatever business we have, right? That's the mm-hmm. only way we can grow. And um, and I feel like growth is what makes us happy. You know, when, when you yes. stop growing, right? I don't know when you're in your life, but when mm-hmm. the moment we stop growing, we start living the life, I, I feel like we're starting dying. So, we can't live based on what happened a year ago or 10 years ago. Um, you know, that is in the past. Nobody cares what happened in 2011. Beautiful. No, look at today. We're in 2020. We're in COVID times. But if, if we talk a year ago and we looked at 2007 when the market crashed, when, the, um, you know, when everything went down, we'll be like, wow, this is so far away. And then, mm-hmm. again, we're in September 20, 2020 and now we had the COVID show up. Mm-hmm. Now the, the world just changed again since February, right? Mm-hmm. So, wow. So that's, that's kind of how I look like ahead. So at all times, even now when the COVID starts, I I look back only to for statistics to say what happened in 2007, 2008, what can I do faster now than I did it at that time? Mm -hmm. That's all. And that's what I shared with my clients for us to, to prepare for what was happening. So beautiful. And, and Wow, um, Lumi, this is such a beautiful journey and insight. Thank you for sharing that. And I do remember uh, Tony always said um, the progress is happiness. You know, when you yes. move forward, you are yes. uh, truly become the ideal and better version of yourself. And that brings us a joy and happiness because either we grow, we move forward, mm-hmm. or moving backwards where um, yes. it's disintegrating, which is not a good thing. I love that. So bring us back to the moment. You were secretary. You have a big hope for, you know, becoming a real estate agent. However, everyone around you don't think that's possible. But you just say, no, God damn it. I'm going to read. I'm going to learn. I'm going to make it happen. So tell us, is it an easy journey mm-hmm. from that moment? Oh, my goodness. Not really. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was shy. You know, like the way I speak now, you wouldn't believe. But at that time, I was actually shy because, 
I was wow. concerned about speaking in English, yes, right? Because yes. again, if I've learned it fast and um, my vocabulary was still, you know, short and I knew I have an accent. And so, so I was, I, I was comfortable to speak in Romanian or to other immigrants because mm-hmm. I felt like they, they were going through the same things that I was going through. But for example, for American borns, I was not as comfortable to talk to them. Mm. So real estate is a people business. Real estate is a life changes business because most of people move when they have a change in life. And mm-hmm. then you have a, this, a separate business, which is investment, which that's a completely different business than the residential. But when I started, I started in residential and helping people move, buy houses, mm-hmm. sell houses. And, you know, one of the things that you that you have usually going for you, it's the people that you know, because the, the easiest way to sell houses is to work with the people that know you, trust you, like you. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. if you are new like me, you don't know you don't know anyone. How would you sell houses? And in my mind, I was also thinking that I'm like you know my my language is, is a barrier. Mm-hmm. So I had high hopes. I knew that I can always learn. So I started not looking to to become successful in a year because I knew that that won't work. Uh, I had this. Um, uh, this fire and this will less, uh, how should I say, this goal of mm-hmm. just giving myself time, giving myself a few years to just learn. So that because I approach it as learning, um, that has helped me a lot because I was doing open houses for people. I was in the office all the time. I was doing all the trainings available. I was reading books. Mag, I, I was a member of all kinds of magazines, like purchasing um, real estate subscription uh, magazines, mm-hmm. um, just trying to learn as much as I, I could. And then I was going to uh, top producers and all the time I asked them, how did you build your business? How did you grow? How, you know, what, what helped you the most to grow? So mm-hmm. I had a few questions that I kept asking. I guess the fact that I had my businesses in Romania helped me a lot because I was not shy in asking questions. And by asking questions, you learn a lot. And then mm-hmm. I was willing to do work for anyone. So anyone needed somebody for an inspection or to do a few showings, I was like, I'll do it for you. Because I knew that I was getting an opportunity to talk to people. Mm-hmm. I was getting an opportunity to look at properties. So it took me a few years. The first few years were the most difficult. The The first year, I think I did like first six months, nothing happened. And then six deals in my second six months, which I thought it was spectacular because I was doing open houses every Saturday and Sunday. I mm-hmm. was doing floor time, which means you sit in the office and waiting for the phone to ring every every week, like wow. three, four times a week. Like I was finishing my management company job at 5.30 and the my office was like 15 minutes away. So by six o'clock, I already had dinner and I, I, I had um, a sandwich right in my pocket and mm-hmm. I was already at the new office. And I was staying there until 10 p.m. by just just working, just learning, talking wow. to people, whatever. I, yes. So I only Wait, said so I you, had two full time. So you have a job in the morning and then start. Yes. Wow. What, because in real estate, you get paid commission and it's not yeah. easy to, you know, it takes a, a while. So my first check came in, I think, like nine, 10 months in the business. So I kept my full time position and mm-hmm. I was doing the real estate in the weekends and in the evenings. That's wow. how I started. But a lot of times I were putting 40 more weeks, 40 more hours in the weekend because I was wow. not watching TV. I was like, I was so driven to get myself out of the living paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. um, situation that I said, I will do whatever it takes. I will do. And, and meanwhile, I remember in by 2004, like I, two, I was two years in the business and now I got pregnant with my son. And, um, 
the business now, I, I knew how to do the business. I learned how to talk to people. You know, I, I was getting more comfortable with my language. Mm-hmm. And finally, I started making, as uh, I think the second year in business, I made as much money as I was making in my full-time job. So I was getting confident, right? Mm-hmm. And by third year, uh, I think I, I had a baby in April, uh, beginning of the year. And that's when my uh, my boss said, well, you know what? We, this doesn't work. Like you are going to have to choose because I told him that I'm going to work part time and I worked part time for a few months, like the last six months of my pregnancy. But he said, I, we need you full time. So either you we need somebody full time. We can't do part time. Mm. So I had to quit because I didn't want to quit the real estate business. Mm. So I said, I am so sorry. And he said, well, you'll always have a place here for us. You want you ever want to come back, you'll always have a place here as a property manager or you know, some much better play position. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like you, we want to have you. So we we parted as very good friends. Mm-hmm. And actually I still went over the years back and you know the, the owner of the company is still my mentor. Uh, mm-hmm. when the market crashed I went back to him. He offered me a job. I mean he he was a spectacular man. I mean I've learned a lot from him mm-hmm. um, you know by being in his office and from him. Great great people the the owners and but I had to take a decision and interestingly enough everything happened so fast like I quit that job I became a full-time agent uh, by I think June of 2004 and then by October I was divorced so out of a sudden I have no no extra income I just bought a house my income Mm -hmm. my expenses went three times higher I'm a single mom of two little kids a three-year-old a six-month-old Luckily, wow. my mom came, came from Romania to live with me because she knew that I'm going to need help. And then uh, and I'm full-time in real estate, so no more guaranteed income. Mm-hmm. So at this point was live or die, right? Like swim or die because <laughs> there is yeah. no other way. So now I start working absolutely crazy hours, 80, 90 hour weeks, seven days a week it's, mm-hmm. uh, because I had to pay the mortgage. I had to make it. And, you know, when you give it all, people notice because I had to learn everything from zero mm-hmm. and I knew that my clients didn't understand that. My first clients, my first years were immigrants, mostly immigrants. Mm-hmm. And I knew they didn't know what I, what I learned about real estate, how their life will change, how their kids' life change when they start buying properties. If they buy two to four unit buildings where they have tenants, where their monthly payment will be lower and they will start building wealth. So I started teaching seminars. Believe it or not, I, I forgot about my English limitation. And I started teaching seminars to teach people about foreclosures, about uh, opportunities in the market, about uh, how they can flip houses, how they can, um, you know, live for free. And I started doing all kinds of stuff. And, and I was starting making really good money. And I was starting being, like, successful. And I started buying properties. I was uh, supposed to build a, a couple houses with a partner. And then 2007 hit. So I finally made it. I mean, my first vacation in that that 2007, right before the market crashed, mm-hmm. I still remember I had so many closing lined up, like I was supposed to make a lot of money that summer. And then the, cre- the credit freeze comes through and everything stops. So now I've worked for, for so many years so hard. Yeah. And out of a sudden, we don't know what's happening. 2007, 2008 passed. I'm living out of my, my uh, savings. I'm living, I'm, cashing out my retirement funds, my kids' um, 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 college. What do you call college funds. Mm-hmm. Yes, everything is getting cashed out. My credit cards are starting filling out because I had great credit, no, no debt. I'm starting building debt because I was trying to save the mortgages, pay the mortgages that I had. And um, by 2010, there is no way that I can save it. By 2010, I, I'm depressed, I'm upset, I'm, you know, creditors are calling, 
the phone is ringing. I'm not making money because people are not buying, selling. Properties have dropped in value, mm-hmm. you know, spect- like they're 50% off and nobody wants to buy. And it's hard to buy. You can't take loans. And my commissions have dropped to maybe a tenth of what they used to be. And I'm, wow. I'm not making the amount of deals. So I barely make money just to pay for food, gas, and necessities, not even, you know, for anything else. So I choose to, like at that time, I sold the properties, foreclosure, short sales. I tried to do short sales. One of the banks wouldn't want to. So that one, they foreclosed on me. And then uh, and then I had to file a bankruptcy because I couldn't pay the credit cards or anything else. So it was the worst, worst part of my life. I thought that that was the worst side of my life because I never, I would never not pay somebody back, right? Like you want to promise something, it's mm-hmm. a promise you want to pay back. Yes. And that did not sound right. So I have, I'm forced to go to, to, to bankruptcy. But then I realize something. I look around and I'm surrounded by buildings. I'm surrounded by people. And not everyone has got there. There are a lot of people that are doing well. There are a lot of people that are keeping their homes. And I'm, a, you know, I'm math focused. So I'm looking at statistics. And believe it or not, there are not as many foreclosed homes that people think. Everybody was under the impression that the whole country was under foreclosure. But it was not. It's just that because there are no buyers, it looked like there were so many. So what happened was I start, I start thinking of what those people did differently that they were not in my position. And everything changed again. Because until 2010, from 2007 to 2010, I was looking back. Remember how I told you the story mm-hmm. when I came back as a cleaning lady? What yeah. I was doing, I was looking back at the successful years up to 2007, and I was trying to to get the business done the same way. What was not working? That was gone. The type of loans were they were not there. So I had to realize this is time for change. This is time to grow again. This is time to move on. Whatever worked for me before it doesn't. Beautiful. I have to find new ways, right? Mm-hmm. So, so what I did, it, yes, go ahead. Oh, I'm just curious, you know, that moment you said is the hardest moment in your entire life. And yes. that moment, you know, the whole path got to that moment. It wasn't easy neither. It's not like it's a smooth ride. Do, do, do you ever regret your choice of came to stay to have this life that is crazy <laughs> and difficult and hard? Wow. That, that's such a, wow, that's another great question. So you see, I, I've actually thought about that and uh, I found it out. And you know, I don't because... I think wherever I am today, the knowledge I am to, I have today is based on all my choices and is based on the hard times. You don't get to be knowledgeable, to be stay, to become strong, to solve huge problems unless you have huge. Um, you can find huge solutions unless you have huge problems. When I mm-hmm. sa- shared with you in 2010, that was the hardest thing that happened to me. But until then, is because later we ha- I had other things that happened much worse than that. But, wow. you know, I, I believe that God doesn't give you more than you can carry. So mm-hmm. some things prepare you for the next. So um, while it was depressing, while it was bad, while we suffered, while we lived, you know, I, I, you know, we, didn't, we, we had weeks when we lived out of 20 bucks for food for a week, right, after the wow. bills. It was, it, it, they were hard, hard years. But then you, you look behind, back and you say, well, I put myself in this situation through my mm-hmm. choices. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, it's, it's hard to say it was my choice, right? When to, to, to say it's my choice to do this. Usually we say it's, it's, it's COVID, it's economy, it's somebody else that happened. Mm-hmm. But really, these are external factors. External factors will come our li- all the time through our life, right? Mm-hmm. So you, it's how we respond to what happened that matters in life. Beautiful. And 
I'm not right, but I'm not proud to say that all the time I responded well. <laughs> you know, you you know, you every situation that you have is because you made some decisions. And in to me, when I bought those properties, I didn't do my calculation right. I didn't have positive cash flow. I didn't have certain things. The type of loans I took were you know very high interest rates. Interest only. I mean, I I made some choices that that did not help what mm-hmm. I became, what I got, mm-hmm. and I didn't get out sooner because I could have sold some of them sooner in 2008, but. You know, I was hoping I was not doing enough market research. I was not accepting what was happening, right? I was hoping that things would change instead of accepting this is what is now. Cut your losses, move on now. So I ended Mm -hmm. up losing everything because I didn't cut my losses sooner, right? Mm -hmm. So if you learn, you, you you, you decide. And of course, I didn't have the knowledge, right, at that time. I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't know what to do. Uh. But if I would ask the right questions, I if I would have done the research and I would have shifted my thinking to what was to do now instead of just trying the same way to live my life, you know, I might have saved something. So I, I believe really truly my 2020, you know, economic loss has taught me everything about economics and investing. Mm-hmm. Um because now every decision I take economically uh, or investment that I do, it's done in such a way. And everything I taught my clients to do is, is done in such a way that nothing can. Well, and when you say nothing, it's like 99.9% of situation will matter. You know, mm-hmm. COVID came in. I mean, no, like my properties are in, in, in a safe place now, right? Nothing mm-hmm. happened. Actually, with the lower interest rates, I was able to refinance and get even more cash flow per month. So make mm-hmm. even more money, right? Because now I understand how the economy works. Now I understand how to shift quickly. Mm-hmm. Instead of waiting, the economy shift, you shift. The economy shift, you go back to your portfolio and you, uh, you know, you uh, readdress it. You change, you make huge change cha- uh, changes. So. I think that has helped me a lot, understanding mm-hmm. now uh, 2010. Like, that's why I say 2010 for me was pivotal. What was the worst, like losing everything you had. In the same time, um, and it was, you know, it took a toll physically, um, emotionally, and, and mm-hmm. all, all, all ways. In the same time, it built me to who I am now. So I cannot say that I regret it. Because when the, the reason I'm a good, um, a great uh, realtor and a great teacher now and mm-hmm. mentor to other to people is because of all the the problems I've had. If I had a smooth selling, I would have not know how to avoid pitfalls. Mm-hmm. But because I had all I, I lost everything, now I know how to avoid so many issues and I learned how whatever investment I have to protect it first, to look, to go by um, uh, Warren Buffett's rule. I don't know if you know Warren Buffett's rule, but Warren Buffett's rule for investing is rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, don't forget rule number one. So beautiful, <laughs> right? So so now you know I use those rules in everything I do, and I analyze every from different points of view every investment I I I, uh, I do I take. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's such a beautiful lesson. Um, wow. So 2010 hit, the worst happened, but you just really able to quickly shift your mindset, almost go back to the cleaning lady day, you decided you are in full charge. Not the circumstance, it's you who have all the controls you need to make it happen. So from that moment, tell us next. Oh, so, well, it was from 2007, 2010 that it was hard, right? Um, I guess this is at the moment when I was ready to, for change. I was looking for solutions. Um, I was... Um, 
because I also realized after the bankruptcy that I had a chance to start from zero again. Well, maybe not zero because you're the bad credit, no income, <laughs> no oh, savings, but no. but at least you know you are at the bottom, right? So you all the world, all you can do is go up, right? From from this moment on. So <laughs> yeah. So, so I looked that way that way. I was like, okay, well, I can look up now. So how am I going to climb my uh, out of this hole that I dig myself into, right? Mm-hmm. So. One opportunity, I, I always feel like it was a huge opportunity. A salesperson from Tony Robbins came to my office and uh, they was um, selling UPW, Unleash the Power with him. Mm-hmm. And I, I was not even supposed to be there. I was supposed to do an open house. And this guy starts talking. He distributes copies of his presentation and he gives me one. I'm ready to walk out of the door and I, I start you know, um, looking through the presentation, I'm like, it, it catches my eye. I was like, because he's asking hard questions that I've been asking myself since the market crash, how to change everything, how to get myself out, right? How to switch everything around, how to shift. So I, I'm really, it's almost like I wrote those questions. And mm. I, and I, 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 I call somebody else to cover for me at the open house. And, uh, uh, and I don't think I've ever done that before. Like I wouldn't even have thought before to ask somebody else to cover for me somewhere. But that moment, I wanted so badly to be there that I, that I guess I went over my shyness. I went over something I would have never done, right? Mm-hmm. And called someone and the person, interestingly enough, said yes. And I sat down and now this guy had two presentations back to back. One for the office, one for like a private group, but in the same location. Mm-hmm. And I was so entrailed. I sat down to the both uh, both presentation and I signed. I had no money. So l- let's be clear here. I just went to a foreclosure. I had no, no credit cards. I just had one credit card I reopened with $500. I put actually in the bank to be able to get it. So it's actually my own money there, right, in the bank to get this $500 credit card. Mm-hmm. And no money in the bank. Market is in the gutter. I mean, it's so bad, right? And... This guy is selling tickets, and I think the tickets are about $500, but he says, but if you uh, upgrade to VIP, which I think was $750, you are going to get this DCD, so for the next few months until the, the program starts, you can listen to it every day and change your, turn your life around now. Mm-hmm. And I wanted that. I wanted that so badly. And I figured out how I'm going to pay him $750. I have this credit card that I have $500 on, but I don't have $250. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to be creative to pay. And I put him aside. I said, you know, I don't know about other people. I don't have money. Can I give you this credit card? But please don't charge it yet because I have to put the money in. And I'm going to give you a check for $250. But that one, I'll have to call you to tell you when to deposit it. Because I really <laughs> want this program for $750 to get the CD. Wow. And the guy's looking at me and he says, Yes, I can do this. Here's my number. So we do this. I get a CD. I put it in my car, right? As soon as I wa- got out of there, I think I sat in my driveway for like hours, like when I got home, because I kept replaying it and taking notes and stopping it. And I was like, this is it. This is what I was looking for. And it's like a little bit of personal power of Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. but it tells you about the morning schedule, how to wake up at five o'clock, get out, go and run and be living gratitude and be grateful for what you have. And the first thing I was like, be grateful for what I have. I was like, well, I have my kids and my health and my family and my mom. And well, I'm in real estate. I have, so out of a sudden, my list was getting bigger and bigger, right? First, I thought I don't have anything to be grateful for Mm -hmm. besides my family. But then of course the list keeps going. I was like, well, and I live in America and you know what? Now I speak English. So all of a sudden I keep writing, writing pages of pages that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. And and I, I feel like another shift happened that day because I realized I'm in a great place. I have great opportunities. I have what it takes. What I need to do is doing it. But I know what I'm supposed to do. And I start listening to Tony every day and go outside in the morning and do the out of power, run, run and be grateful and you know, visualize your, your goals. And I saw myself again successful. 
And then a few months later, I went to the Tron event and we did the firewalk. And I was like, there is no way that I'm doing this firewalk. I'm not <laughs> going to walk on hot calls. I mean, these people must be crazy. Yes. I'm like, I am not doing that. Yes. And, the, you know, there are 6,000 people there. And, I, you know, I, I get ready. I go there just for fun, right? Like I'm thinking, I'm just going to watch them. Not for fun, yes. but I'm going to watch them. I'm not doing this, right? Yes, these people yes. are crazy. I love Tony, but up yes. to here. And then I see people of all ages Mm-hmm. kids they're all doing the firewalk and mm-hmm. and nobody's getting burned and they're yes. happy they're celebrating when they do the firewalk mm-hmm. and 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 it's like maybe the last couple hundred people and i'm like man if i walk away from out of here and i don't do it mm-hmm. i'll always regret it i will think that i lived with fear yes. and the whole exercise is about getting out of your fear and tony said put something on the line and what i put on my line was i will i will stop worrying about my accent i will stop worrying about being an immigrant and American that wanted to work with me. And, and, and this is so interesting when, because I did that, I went and I did a firewalk and at the end I celebrated, I was happy. I was like, man, I did a firewalk. I walk on, on fire mm-hmm. I, I, on hot calls. If I could do this exactly like you said, that's exactly what was going to my mind. I'm like, everything is possible. Mm-hmm. And since then, I, I like I don't remember that I have an accent. Like now that we talk about, I was like, oh yeah, I have an accent, but you know oh, wow. that's gone. Like mm-hmm. I, I talk to people, I talk in front of people. I my clients now, most of them are Americans. I mean, I still have a lot of immigrants, of course, mm-hmm. but now there is no more question. Oh, this client is born American, or this client is not born American. Mm-hmm. That has like that was something that I was so afraid when I started. Now it's not. I am not afraid of being judged anymore because again, I don't see that body. It's gone. Beautiful. And, it was interesting because that's in 2011, a year later, like, in, of course, the, 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 the awards came in 2012. But in 2011, I sold more real estate than I have ever sold in my life by then. And I sold more than 99% of the realtors in the whole city of Chicago. Wow. And what was, right. So that's why they named me. And think of 2011, actually, it comes back in history as the worst year of the market crash that we had. Mm-hmm. So 2011 was the year when the price were the lowest, when very few people bought. So imagine in the worst year in, in industry, I was able to buy to, to be number one realtors in number top top one percent, meaning we we're probably ten thousand realtors at that time. Mm-hmm. So I was one of the top a hundred. So oh. the hundred because what happened that year when I started living out of gratitude, when I start learning from the mistakes I made in real estate, I start teaching my clients about that. Mm-hmm. When I start being grateful, I realized I start looking at the statistics and I realized real estate was half a price. Some of the properties were at 80, 90% of, of the price. They were, for, I, I remember selling condos, condominiums for $15,000. To build that condominium cost $90,000. To build it. Wow. How can you sell something for $15,000? And the cash flow, like you would have rented it and after paying your tax and insurance, you would make five $600. You know, and, and, and the numbers just made sense and the numbers worked to me. So I start talking to investors. I start working with so many investors and teaching them how to put portfolios together. I didn't have money yet to buy for myself. Whatever I wanted to buy, I would call other people and say, would you buy this? This is the best property on the market. And people wanted to know that. And they start, you know, referring me out. And they said, you should talk to Lumi. Lumi will take care of you. You know, when they wanted to buy for themselves, I said, you know, that house has a finished basement. You can rent that. You can have the house upstairs and you can get $900 in income to pay for your property tax, your utilities. And people are like, wow, that's such a great idea. And they were buying that. Or they were saying, it's like, you know, we have a big family. We need five bedrooms, two baths. I said, well, have you thought about being maybe a two to three unit building? Instead of buying a house and be all over each other, you know, and having multiple family living together, why don't you buy a three unit? 
and every family will live on a separate unit, separate unit. Mm-hmm. You'll have your own kitchen and bed. And they were like, wow, that's such a great idea. Mm-hmm. And, and people realized that I was always looking for the best and they start coming back because mm-hmm. they were discovering that my, my, whatever I was teaching them, I was teaching them the best. And I started working with investors. They were buying like 10 condos a year mm-hmm. and it was huge work. And the commissioners were small, but it was not about the amount, right? It was like, it was nothing like I was not comparing anything with 2000 before 2007 anymore, because remember I moved on from the past. Mm -hmm. Now I was living in the future. I was living and I was sharing with my clients and what's coming. It was gone, whatever was gone. Cause I couldn't go back in 2007. Mm -hmm. So we said, let's stop thinking about that. Let's learn the lesson. Let's buy everything with fixed interest rates so we are not influenced by the market Mm -hmm. let's buy with principal and interest let's buy with cash flow even your own house i was telling my clients look if your mortgage is with the expenses is two thousand a month can you rent the house for two thousand a month if something happens and you have to move if so i start creating a a, um, structure and some requirements and teaching my clients to buy in such a way Mm -hmm. that no matter what happened they could support their properties. Mm-hmm. They will never lose their properties. And without realizing, I became, you know, a, a, a one of the largest investor agents in the city. Wow. I, I did not know that other people don't do that, right? Because again, each has its own business and you don't know how other agents do their business. Mm-hmm. But I was learning and I start investing. I start putting a, a, a plan together to buy a million or more than a million dollar worth of real estate with low down payment, how to live for free, to live in buildings where you can buy with three and a half percent down payment a building and you live actually for free because the tenant, the rent coming from the tenants cover 100% of all expenses. Mm-hmm. So again, you are in a situation like mine where your industry is pretty much wiped out and you can make money. You, not just that you don't just lose your property, but a huge cost of your of um, of your bills is covered because I don't know if you know when, but the two largest expenses that people pay in the United States and in the world are number one housing, and num- what well, number one is actually property tax and number two housing, mm-hmm. unless for the lo- for the people in lower income is the opposite. So these are the two top income tax and housing, and when you buy investment property, you lower both, you cover both. So I w- as soon as I learned that, I start teaching people all these things. And I start expanding my seminars and I start creating my well-building seminars, financial freedom. Cause you know, in the years where I worked 12 hours days and I haven't seen my kids growing up, I remember looking back and say, I lost all that money. I lost the portfolio. I lost, you know, 10 years of my life since 2000 to 2010. And I have nothing to show for it besides my kids. But really, truly, I was not there for them when they woke up and when they, they went to bed. Mm. So I said, the next decade, I don't want to live that that way, right? Mm-hmm. I said, how do I create a life where I'm not waiting to build this portfolio to be paid off in 20, 30 years? How do I have a good lifestyle now? And that's when I discovered financial freedom. And I started looking at real estate in a completely different way. Because to get financial freedom, you need income that comes to you day in and day out without you going to work. It means your money works for you. So you, it, it's like income that... It doesn't matter if you don't work, you get it. And I was in the middle of one of the largest provider of that income. I was in real estate. That's the biggest, one of the biggest industries that does that. Mm-hmm. Or to, to, be, to be fair, it's like 80 to 90% of all millionaires in the United States and in the world have made or grown their fortune to real estate. Mm-hmm. Because in bad times, the real estate holds your money. 
and the properties get paid off no matter what. The rents go up because what happens in, in bad economies? People can buy. So then they have to rent, which means rents go up. If your costs are fixed, your mortgage is fixed, sure, your tax might go up, but the, the mortgage payment is not the principal and interest. Guess what happens? Out of a, after a while, you start making actually more and more money. And if you have investment property, you get tax deduction and depreciation, and you lower your tax bracket. So not just that you get additional money from, a, from investments, mm -hmm. but you also pay less taxes on the money that you already work for, what, that you go to your job for. Mm -hmm. So you keep more of the money you already work for. So think about you. That's two ways to make additional money. And I start teaching people of all these ways and then appreciation and then paying their properties off. And, and that has taken off. I mean, people love that. So my seminars have grown and grown and grown. And, in, and, and of course, meanwhile, I build my portfolio. I keep buying properties for myself. My financials have improved because, you know, out of a sudden, you know, I get more and more properties that are giving me cash flow. The cash flow keeps growing. So I need less and less money, right? Because I have properties, but my business is growing. So what happens is one hand helps each other right? Mm -hmm. I keep more of the taxes instead of paying taxes. And that's what I teach everyone. So slowly, slowly, the, the plan that I created start working. And slowly, slowly, it worked better and better. And COVID has actually tested that plan and it proved that it was right. Because the day the COVID stopped, all my tenants continue paying rent. None of them said they won't. And then the tenants that had to move out, I was able to rent those units mostly for more money than before. So, and then I was able to refinance the property to lower the payment, which means mm. my cash flow has actually grown even without me buying any extra properties mm. right now. So you see, when you learn from your mistakes, when you learn from what life gives you, what happens is you grow. And not just that you grow, but you are, you are in a better place. You don't have to be as stressed as before. Mm -hmm. At least you're not stressed about money. I mean, you're still going to be stressed about your kids and about mm -hmm. life, right? And about your health. But at least that fear of living paycheck to paycheck, of losing your job or your, your business wouldn't work out, that goes away mm -hmm. because your investments take care of you. So, and, and then I was sharing with you in 2019, beginning of 2019, I got an invitation from Chicago's um, um, National Association of Realtors, which is the third largest association in the United States mm -hmm. after the two big um, uh, parties. And it has over 1.6 million uh, members. Mm -hmm. And they invited me, they heard about my seminar. And they invited me to actually present the seminar. I had to make a presentation. There were 1,700 applications. Wow. And they chose 10. And I was one of the 10 to present to realtors. Wow. Because you see, realtors don't learn how to do investments. They, they are taught in school how to sell homes to people, right? Mm -hmm. That's our job. The commercial realtors, that's a different type of uh, um, branch of the real estate. That's who's teaching people about investment. But the small investor, somebody that never bought anything and needs a two-flat, mm -hmm. they cannot go to the investor. Mm -hmm. And everybody needs an investment, right? Mm -hmm. So I started like uh, a year ago in 2019, actually in uh, November 2019, I was uh, in San Francisco and I did my first uh, nationwide presentation and wow. uh, which was recorded, which is great because now NAR you know, has it uh, for realtors to teach realtors to invest for themselves mm -hmm. and then to teach their own clients to invest the same way. And since then, you know, Century 21 franchise has invited me to be one of their speakers. So I've been to their conference in LA in February. They've been inviting me now. I do it online. Mm -hmm. And so I'm getting more and more invitations as a speaker. And uh, plus investment groups, real estate investment groups are inviting me. And I've launched my uh, group coaching to actually teach how people put step by step the plan I teach 
in, in place. Because you see, just because I give a simple plan away, it doesn't mean that it's easy to implement it. It's, how should I say it? You know, everybody knows how to lose weight, right? Mm-hmm. When? How do you lose, when, lose weight uh, when? While you move more, you eat less. That's it. So simple, right? But look at United States. Over 60% of population is overweight. So just because you give a simple solution, it doesn't mean that it's easy to implement, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because you have to time to cook. You need to figure out your planning. You have to do grocery shopping. You need to eat more greens. You, you, know, you have to plan everything and cook and put time aside and learn about it. So because of that, there is a little bit of a problem. So what I've noticed from my seminars, people have more and more start implementing what I, would teach, I was teaching them, but they're not implementing all the, all the steps. And that's why I created this group coaching, which has been extremely successful. People love it now, and they create three to five-year plans to become millionaires, to become financial freedom, to uh, financially free. And, uh, and that's my new uh, endeavor. And I'm really excited because that's what I do now. I teach a lot of the seminars. Mm-hmm. I continue teaching people how to live for free, how to buy investment property. And now I also am um, uh, a mentor for new agents and also, like I said, for real estate investors that uh, want to invest. Wow. So, so my life has changed a lot, right? In the last 20 years and mm-hmm. since 2010, if you look at 2010, what I was in 2010 at the, at the worst possible because uh, I mm-hmm. again it was I think it was December 2010 when the the everything was filed and we're coming close to December 2020 and I'm in such a different place right now I have a different portfolio that the real estate portfolio that works extremely well again I'm I have again retirement funds my kids already have again you know college funds mm-hmm. we have saving in the bank everything is good now right and still the economy right now is not good mm-hmm. but my financials are good and the people that follow my plan, the same thing, their financials are good. Because we learn from, from, from that place. So if we stop looking backwards, I mean, we look backwards just to learn the lesson, mm-hmm. but we, we don't look on anything else. We don't take the guilt. We, don't, we la- leave everything else behind. And if you start living in gratefulness, realizing that even though it's COVID times, we still have so much to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. And if we look ahead... And we focus on the goals and why we're doing what we want to do, right? For our families, for other people, then, you know, we can be successful. And I don't know if I, I don't think I shared this with you, but my biggest goal when it's to get financial education in schools. My mm. biggest goal is to, to start, you know, movement to be able to go to Washington and to, to ask the representatives to say, can you start changing you know, what's what taught in school. Mm. We need you to just add this financial education in schools because, yes. you know, you, you, you can get a driver license at 14, at 15 years old, but you don't know how to buy insurance at that age. You mm-hmm. don't understand how to compare insurances. Mm-hmm. You don't understand what savings mean, how to create a budget. Mm-hmm. You don't understand how to take care of your credit. You know, financial education is something that is needed right now more than anything. Agreed. If I understood that before 2010, I wouldn't have lost my money in 2010, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I would, and not just me, but so much of the country. If I would understood, you know, how to save for retirement or how to invest for retirement, I would be in a diff- I would have been in a different place. Mm-hmm. Now again, I'm not going to regret it, right? Because whatever I have today and who I am today and what I teach today is because of 2010. Mm-hmm. But what do, we don't need to have a whole like a whole country. Everybody going through through so much suffering, mm-hmm. you know. I remember when the, the budget was um, uh, w- earlier this last year, I think it was the end of the last year, when um, 
um, President Trump, you know, got uh, stopped with the budget and the few like the federal workers did not work for, I think, a couple of weeks. I remember the news and the news said a lot of people, people who are making 60, 70,000 a year did not have one month of reserves to pay their mortgage. Mm. Can you believe that? Wow. They couldn't pay their rent or their mortgage. And they said at that time, they were like incredible numbers. Like there were over 60% of population in the United States. So think about it. The wealthiest country in the world. I mean, if you live in the United States, first of all, you are in the top 5% of wealth in the world. Because mm-hmm. we have a house, we have a car, we have a computer, a phone, and so far, right? Mm-hmm. So, and to f- over 60% people that are making 60, 70,000 a year did not have a month of, of savings saved because nobody's teaching you that. Mm-hmm. Nobody, like you go through school, you learn English and math, which is great, mm-hmm. but you have to learn how to take care of yourself of your family. So, so that's why I'm so passionate and I'm all about teaching financial education because in my seminars, I teach how to invest in real estate, but I talk a lot about financial education. I mm-hmm. talk a lot about saving, about lowering your tax bracket, about building businesses. I I, I, I do kind of a comprehensive uh, plan, mm-hmm. not just real estate, how to think, how to live in, grat- uh, in gratitude, how to be happy, how not to wait for the moment when you're going to have enough money where, you know, to, to be to say, oh, sure, I'm going to wait until... Um, I have what I need to live the life the way I want to live, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's why I, I, I teach all this now. But anyway, I'm passionate about financial education. Mm-hmm. I'm passionate about learning mm-hmm. and, uh, and about, you know, like I said, having, giving our children the, mm-hmm. the opportunity to be the first generations to actually learn more than, uh, than we have to learn on our own. Mm-hmm. Wow, so beautiful, Lomi. I really love your why. I love that you really really look back your own journey and been through all the challenges, the up, the down, and really, you know, leverage those experiences and want to empower anyone and everyone to able to achieve their own success. Mm-hmm. And I want to also change the whole country, the movement, empower youth, empower everyone to have enough financial um, awareness, understand how life, how to plan a life the best. I think it's such a beautiful journey and how you share and you have such a beautiful heart and intention i think i'm just so grateful to you know have you to share the journey which is i think most people will really benefit um i have a last question for you lumi sure you have just wow what a journey i'm i'm just so touched by you great you persevere and you persistent and never give us third i'm curious you know for you looking back what does american dream mean for you and do you think this is exactly what you wanted Wow, uh, what American dream into it. So to me, I, I guess, you know, when you're young, uh, all you want is to find to find a road that you'll be happy on, right? You want to contribute. You want to make a difference in, in the world. I think everybody is looking for um, the perfect business, the perfect job, somewhere where they can contribute, they can uh, earn a living, and they can grow. Um, I think one of the biggest complaints I hear from my, the people that come to my seminar is that I can't wait to quit this job. This is not making me happy. I want to do something else, but it doesn't pay well. So I, I think everyone wants to be able to live comfortably and do what they want. So for me, when I came, um, uh, when I came in the country, I, I don't even think I knew what I wanted. I was like probably 25 years old. I was too young, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I had just aspirations. I just, like I said, I wanted to make a make a contribution, make a difference. Um, I was young, right? So when you're young, you want to change the world. Mm-hmm. You want to do everything possible. I didn't know how. I, I, 
I, I, I share this with a few people and they laugh at me. I like, all oh, right, you just came from Romania and you think you're going to change, change the world. Right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's probably the first time when somebody actually put me down because my parents, of course, they will always encourage me. My, my family will always encourage me. It's like, sure, you want to do that. You can do whatever you want because that's what you tell kids. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but at that time I, I thought, you know, I feel like I can do something. I don't know yet what. So I think my American dream was finding my, my, uh, what's, what would be important to me and, uh, and offering a good life to my children, to to my family. Mm-hmm. Like I said, traveling the world, uh, changing the world. That was all about uh, what I could, what I wanted to do in life. And then did I achieve it? Absolutely. I mean, I have a great family. I have my, I love my kids. Uh, they, you know, um, I, I think they're in a great place too. One of them is in college, one is in high school, but they know what they want to do in life. I've discovered this real estate and how to use real estate to help people because that's all you know. I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I know how to help people. I know how to uh, continue growing through it. I know what's my next step because a lot of time people say, well, I, when I quit my job, I don't know what to do. Well, I know I, I want to be in, go into philanthropy and I want to continue teaching financial education mm-hmm. everywhere in the world. So yeah, so that I already know what I want, and that's the biggest thing that's that's important. Wow! Once again, Lumi, I you know I'm just so touched and inspired, and I really love that you are just such you know you really follow your heart and really mm-hmm. uh, have such a beautiful intention and wanted to empower others, wanted to make the world a better place by everything you do, everything you touch. And thank you so much for sharing such a beautiful oh, my story. Pleasure. I am I'm just so honored in other side of this conversation. I felt just extremely grateful and honored. So thank you so much for everything. Well, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity and uh, for your great questions. I uh, I just relieved a little bit of my past. <laughs> it was interesting because, like I said, I never look back. Um, uh, and I know, like I said, we had very similar past and present. So it's so great to to speak with somebody that uh, think that think alike, that's uh, looking to contribute and looking to to uh, to make a change. And I appreciate uh, you inviting me on this um, on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Of course. Um, all right, guys. Uh, this is the show for today, and I love so much. I wish you enjoy as much as I do, and I cannot wait to see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.